0: Everybody, welcome to the Purple Friday Show, episode 206. We are back after a Ravens win against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, The Ravens did not put up 30 points, but uh, for the most part, I think at least the first half, right? It felt like it was going back and forth between the Ravens and the Jags because they weren't doing anything. The Jags missed two field goals. Um, Then Lamar fumbles. Was it Lamar fumble? No.
1: Mm-hmm. Fumbled Lawrence. Lawrence
0: Lawrence fumble we turned the ball Lawrence over had no, thought.
1: they had an interception.
0: A bad interception. That interception interception then that interception Lamar threw over the middle of the field right uh, across his body so he threw that and then the very next drive they're dry, the Jaguars are driving down and then Trevor Lawrence sees Arthur Millette or something and the, I don't know what he was trying to do if he was trying to do some and one stuff and just throw it up and like, spin past him or catch the other side so I don't know what he was trying to do
2: but he Robins, just fumbles man, the too.
0: football. Um Arthur Millette, if he was any faster, that would have been a touchdown. So, I was surprised oh, yeah. I was actually surprised when I was like, I was like, what?
2: <laughs> I, I thought he was gone for six age, for
0: sure. Man. I thought that was a touchdown. Yeah. I was like, man. I was like, okay, now I get why he gets beat on those plays in coverage. I'm like, <laughs> now yeah, I no see man, why. wheels. They're hesitant about putting him out there when when Marlon and were hurt. I was like, now nah, I see why. Okay, okay.
2: Remember, we saw Marlon um, get a similar fumble back that one year. It was almost like yeah, the same they went point. against the yeah. against the Patriots.
0: It wasn't it like Edelman or somebody. Uh, yeah. he,
2: he pulled. He the got knocked
0: out. out. And Marlon just ran, out, the, just ran, just ran it, ran it back. So I thought, again, I thought it was a touchdown, but I was like. Whatever, I'll take it. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um Maddie cool. BK gets his season, is it season high? Like tying, tied the record time. for twelve, <laughs> I think twelve uh sacks in a season. So he gets one more and he breaks it. He'll have the all he'll have the record for most consecutive sacks in one season. Um so yeah, shouts out the, he I said we I think we said in the group chat number, every time that man gets a sack that money that that money bag is getting a lot bigger to change change I mean considering yeah. the top sack leaves I think it's TJ wide and I think it's uh Danelle Hunter too Danelle Hunter's got like 14 or 15 sacks I mm. think TJ's got 15 and a half and he's right I mean he's an interior like he's an interior lineman and he's got 12. he's only three sacks behind now yeah. so that, that just goes to show like his impact on this team and I think we said it last week you know we were hoping for a pass rush in this game from you know Clowney and OA didn't see it much um, it wasn't until I think the game didn't really turn until I think Matabike got that intentional, uh, forced that intentional grounding uh, against Trevor Lawrence in their own red zone that's what I think turned the football game because then after that Matabike was getting all the pre- all the pressure it's like he was trying to, the whole game trying to figure out a way to get some kind of pressure because in the first half and at least the first three quarters they weren't getting Trevor Lawrence is just sitting back there like he wasn't getting pressured at all really
2: yeah. um
0: so, yeah, the, the defense played really good there. Uh, Stevens, Brandon Stevens, outside of one play, uh, played great defense again, I think. Uh, once Zay Jones went out with the injury, I think that was pretty much for their offense. Uh, it kind of went went away after that. Um, they did, uh, uh, the Jacks did use your boy, Travis, the, that tight end um, on like one play. Uh, what I was can't it, remember um, his name. Uh, Ingram? No. No, not Ingram. It's the, best the other one, guy. Luke Farrell. Morale. They used them on one. It was a good play too. It was good, but he didn't see him anymore. Yeah. And it was like, okay, they didn't use them. But you said that last week they don't use them. So. <laughs> nope. um, and I mean, of course, the play that, you know, I think won the game. One ended up winning the game for the Ravens was, you know, Lamar's, just you know, Houdini play, you know, getting out of the sack and throwing it up to to Likely, and it felt a lot like, like I said, I think it was that similar game last season. Where uh, Miles Garrett was trying to sack Lamar Jackson, and he throws it up to Mark Andrews, similar type play, and Miles Garrett is sitting there like, wow. Oh, no, oh. and then Allen's sitting there like he's like, I don't, I don't get it, I don't get it. <laughs> you know? So I mean, it's just kind of, yeah. Did, guys, did I lose you guys? No, I here. Okay, yeah, I hear you yeah so it was uh lamar just doing lamar things and i think you reminded people on sunday Night football like lamar jackson uh it's just you know let's say that they one of one like he's just a different different element like you know that that reminded me i think of that nike commercial they did with michael vick and uh terrell owens that anime that cgi one that they did it was a similar type thing the defensive guy tries to sack michael vick and he does the same spin move out of it throws it like it's it was it was a it was a it was a game, it was a Madden play like it was like it's not something you see quarterbacks do yeah so, I mean that that was right there I think that won the football game for the Ravens um, and then of course um, Pete Mitchell you know who was on a great run when he hurt his leg but the way the defender tripped his leg up and he landed on that knee awkwardly he saw the thing bend back and I saw that live I threw my remote on the floor I was just like yeah that I knew was right then and there like, yeah knees. I was like his knees done i was like There's no, he, he went he grabbed his knee immediately and rolled over. i was like yeah that's it that's it I'm like ravens can't have anything ice and it wasn't until the end of the game that i realized like we have to see melvin Gordon again he's gonna be back Now, of course they activated him yesterday so i was just like okay yep. but all in all look the ravens are i think i looked at the record the ravens are 6-1 on the road this year they were the best away records i think it's one of those things that i wouldn't Talks about And look, even a lot of people in the local media and everybody else don't really talk about it. But the Ravens have one of the best away records in football considering the teams they've played. And they're going away again against the 49ers coming this week. So they have been winning pretty at all. I don't think they've been playing any of of their best football the last three three weeks. But I think, like you said, Travis, before earlier in the season, they were losing games like this against the Colts, against the Steelers, and then before the bye week against the Browns. But somehow, some way in this, latter, this this next half of the season, they've been winning these games now. You know, they played in two windy games back to back, you know, I guess the Jags and then uh, last week, before, uh, last week again. So they have two windy games they played. Um, but for the, and I, I will say they did a better job of running the football. It wasn't until Keith Mitchell got hurt, they started running the football better, which I didn't understand because um, we have been saying that this is we like Keith getting about 20 25 yards to carry but then Gus started running well Justice Hill ran really well um I will give Justice Hill a lot of credit his role when Keith Mitchell got in had diminished a lot okay. but he did for the last couple weeks he's done a phenomenal job with blocking downfield all that stuff so i'll give him credit where credit um so now look his time is back again i'm going to rely on him a lot more in that um you know being the outside rusher again and hopefully i work at that mesh point stuff um so you don't fumble the football and, you know hopefully melvin gordon is going to work on his handles as well um but yeah what did you guys uh what did you guys take from the game what did you guys think
2: yeah i think um Yeah, it it was never really a point in this game where I I didn't feel like the Ravens were in control. I think um, I did get a little bit nervous at the start of the game because obviously Lamar lost communication in his helmet on the very first play of the game. And we weren't really aware of that, you know, at home watching the game on TV at the moment. But the next couple of plays, you noticed that he was getting to the line of scrimmage with like three or four seconds left. And they were just kind of snapping the ball one second, almost like the whole drive almost. But I mean they kind of prevailed through all of that uh adversity and lamar was he said it today he confirmed pretty much what we already knew he pretty much was calling his own plays on the field so i mean it was just promising to know that he was able to take the offense by the horn and um and just pretty much call his own number in in certain plays that's why we've seen a lot of pass plays i'm sure like he was just pretty much willing and dealing and it worked out i mean we didn't get a touchdown in that drive we ended up settling for three but it was still impressive to see that you had no input from your offensive coordinator you were still able to lead your your team down the field on a division leader team like you know like the jags so i mean i, w- I was still impressed so i felt pretty good after that but then you know when the jaguars came out you know it did notice it did kind of seem like okay they, they feel like playing a little offense today because it's kind of turned into a back and forth game and that's not really what, what we wanted but after that touchdown they scored i mean they weren't really um or after their first you know score and we were able to get them off the field and things like that it didn't really like i said not one point did it seem like they were in control there was really nobody on the field that scared me once the game got started i mean obviously going into the game we wanted to figure out how to neutralize etn but they had no success on the ground whatsoever, and I'm not shocked because Etienne hasn't really had much success on the ground in the last you know few weeks or so. I mean, he's more of a threat catching the ball out the backfield and in an open space, and that's pretty much what I was more worried about. But we kept them in check for the most part. Um, you know, they were in a red zone a lot on us um, in that game, and we just happened to keep them from scoring points. Sometimes they were shooting themselves in the foot, and sometimes we got them off the field. So. You know, that is, it's still a lot of stuff that we have to clean up on defense, um, especially answering this next game uh, coming up this week, which we'll talk about later. But it's still a lot of stuff that they need to clean up. I think defensively, they played a solid game. They did give up seven, but it could have been a lot worse. Um, The early on in the game, in the first half, we were getting literally zero pressure. And um, it's starting to be kind of a trend the last couple of weeks. We're not really getting great pressure early in games and that's a little bit concerning because it seems like the only time they're getting pressure is when the offensive line is kind of already worn down already in the second half and later in these games and to play against some of these you know elite teams we're going to need to be getting pressure a little bit more consistently i'm not saying go out there and get five six sacks a game but you know you know the maddie bk sack you know that it was although great individually for him that just wasn't enough team wise we need to see you know uh, more production from our edge. I mean, that's it's been it's another game now where we really haven't gotten much um pressure. Like I said, more especially earlier on. It started to get home a little bit in the second half, but still not good enough. So what um what our standards should be going into um our game next week. Offensively, it's Lamar being Lamar, man. I mean, we could have been a lot more consistent. Um we we didn't punch it in at times when we needed to punch it in but lamar definitely had his mvp moment in this game whether you know you think he should be the mvp favorite or not i mean he's going to sh- pretty much separate himself in my opinion um and it started with that jacksonville game i mean he's been doing things already throughout the season that you know lamar just does does all the time it's just that everyone's just desensitized by him making these types of plays every weekend and week out and it's just kind of like oh now he has to do something super extraordinary for the for the national media to notice and everything but he had a few of those moments in, in in that game not just the past the likely which was amazing and a hell of a grab by likely because without him making that grab i mean we're not even talking about it and um on the ground like he 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 ran for 97 yards in that game so i mean the the stats aren't eye-popping because for some reason people just don't respect the Russian numbers on QB sometimes um, all of a sudden they don't respect it as much when Lamar Jackson does it because when any other quarterback has been doing it, um, it's been praised. I mean, Vic has been praised. I mean, people were going into Michael Vic games and they were just waiting to see him run 400 yards. And when Lamar's doing that, plus he's officially passing the football, it's not looked at the same way, but this is what he's been doing all year. I think it was a, like I said, a great statement game. However, um, because that is still a division leader, no matter, you know, I understand Jags lost three in a row, this that and the third, but it's still a division leader of that conference, which means it's still saying a lot to go in there and dominate them. Just like we did with other teams, like, you know, Detroit and and Seattle, like, you know, we've done similar things to those, those teams as well. Um, NFC, AFC, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, but I think it was, it was a good game. Uh, Bateman, um, had a, a, a few nice plays when he just kind of was making plays for lamar i did like that um zay only had one catch in this game i think i don't know really what to contribute that to i, I don't think it was a lack of him getting open i did watch a little bit of film and seeing that he did have separation it's just that we were under so much duress in the pocket a lot of the times lamar was just getting pushed to the other side of the field and i i noticed that um when i was watching the, when, when i was watching the game and that uh, just brings me to the number one concern is, is that offensive line. I mean, I literally don't know what we're gonna do going forward with this O-line. Um, it's just the interior of the O-line, I'm not as concerned as, as concerned with, but um, the fact that Ronnie Stanley is probably, who knows if he even plays this week. I'm, I'm not sure what the injury report looked like today um, with him and looking like, intentionally giving himself a concussion <laughs> in this game. It, like, I, I don't, I don't know what it, I don't know what it looks like um, going forward, but that's my number one concern, I'll say. So I'll just say that good win because it's a game that we needed to have and it sets us up nicely going up against the NFC's best team and the 49ers next week. However, we have to clean up the pass rush. More importantly, we have to clean up the offensive line and protecting the, Lamar's, you know, blind side and, and the two outsides. And and yeah, just just being a little bit more efficient. But that offensive line, we're gonna have to figure something out. And yeah, you know, praise to Keaton Mitchell, obviously. We were all hoping that he just like hyperextended his knee. But he's so fast. So it's like, you know, when you're running that fast and you know, your, your leg gets caught like that, it's just it's just kind of bound to happen. So hopefully wishing him a speedy recovery. Uh, for next season everything like that but yeah good overall win but we still got you know still still some concerns there um
1: you know I, I kind of well first I want to address the Arthur Millett slander <laughs> the boy is just slow he ran a 4-7 at the combine so I just want to address that there's a reason he stays in the slot yeah um but This game, it was a game that I had the mindset like, this could be the hardball game. The hardball game of the year. We're favorites. Jacksonville's a solid team. I mean, this is a really good offense. Um, So I didn't take them lightly coming into this game because Etienne, even though he doesn't have like eye-popping, yards per carry, um, he's a threat and he's shown to be able to put up numbers. Um, Calvin Ridley is a good receiving threat. Evan Ingram has always been pretty solid at the tight end position, and um, even without Christian Kirk, they can move the ball. Um, so I, I had my mind set up that this could be a letdown. Early on, I was starting to feel like this could trend that direction. Um, you know, the beginning of the game, like we all said, like that the issues with the headset um, wasn't great, but Lamar was doing his thing. Um, After that, I was just so baffled by our philosophy. And it was like, once again, we're like, hey, what the hell is our identity? What are we really trying to do? It's like we're always trying to adjust to the defense instead of identifying what we want to do to, you know, uh, whether it's ground and pound or or attack through the air or a very balanced attack. We don't identify what we want to do. We want to truly let the defense dictate what we do offensively. And I don't think that's that's a great thing because it never seems like we have any consistency. Uh, We don't have a feel for the game. So, um, you know, I was really disappointed as the rest of the first half um, continued. It it felt like Lamar truly, at times in this game, just had to make it happen. It wasn't like there was a strategy or... uh, uh, well, until the fourth quarter where, where we started to really just run the ball with Gus mm-hmm. Edwards, but before then, it was really like Lamar just making plays, making plays, making plays in spite of the game plan, in spite of the offensive line struggling. So that is not a formula to win a Super Bowl. But when you have a talent like Lamar Jackson and you have a defense like we have, you always have a chance to, to control a game. So what I was impressed with was Lamar's poise. Um, I've been noticing it all year, and I'm pretty sure everybody's noticed it. Like Lamar is truly just running around, around the pocket, outside the pocket, to look for the right throw and to look for the right play as opposed to just trying to take it downfield, or go for the big play. He's actually looking for the right play, um, so I, I, I want to give kudos to that. Um, also, he he's still able to make the plays safely that he made in the past. Like he's not going for the sixty-yard touchdown. He's going for twenty and let me slide. Yeah. Um, and I think plays like that and his growth and maturity is what's allowed this offense to be good. It hasn't been great most of the time, but it's been good. And I think it's solely because of him. Um, Isaiah Likely, the origin story continues. I mean, this guy is a star in the making. I, I've i seen the Ravens message boards. They've been talking about Mark Andrews has a history of drops. They've been talking about Mark Andrews has been injured a couple of years in a row. Should, should Likely be the number one tight end. No. The answer is no, but he's a very valuable asset. He's a very valuable asset and a great backup. Um, so Isaiah Likely playing phenomenal. That that catch he had, Lamar made a crazy play and a crazy throw. But if we're honest with ourselves, that play doesn't happen. <laughs> if Likely doesn't box out, go up there and snatch that thing. If that's what if he came back it, to the ball too. If that's he what came Sean came back with the interception. Yeah. All right. Oh, you absolutely. Of flowers, yeah. I don't know if he's bringing it down. If like, he's
0: dead,
1: you, not you. <laughs> yeah. So I mean Isaiah likely made that play. Um, so he's really been stepping up. Like offensive line. I mean, you know, Linderbaum has been been solid, Zeitler's been solid. I like I like at times the rotation we're doing with the tackles. I hate that we have to do it, but I like that we do it sometimes. Garonald's Ronald Stanley. I'm not even going to call you Ronnie. Ronald Stanley, because you're playing old, man. Um, he's just he's just a liability, man. Concussion or not, ankle injury or not, he's just been a liability for us. Um, and it makes me nervous going further into this season. But let's jump over to defense. Let me talk some good stuff. Um, man, Our our, our, our secondary like really solid they gave up some plays there were some miscommunications but overall really solid Kyle Hamilton is the best safety in the NFL right now I don't think there's anybody playing as smart um that I don't know a safety that's playing man coverage like him you know what I mean who's as dominant in the run game like him there's nobody playing at the level Kyle Hamilton is from the safety position this year I want I want somebody to show me a person um Linebacking core solid, um, Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith. I'm I'm a little concerned sometimes with our with our coverage, but overall pretty solid. The front four, you all said it like we haven't been able to get much pressure solely from the front four over the past couple weeks. The second half we started to see, you know, it become more positive, but we need the front four this coming week to dominate. We mm-hmm. need it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Once again, we need an APB out on Jadavian Clowney, man. This guy disappears. Where's Owe? He's he's a O. He's he's zero right now. He's not really making a lot of plays for us, so we need that front four to really step up. I mean, Michael Pierce has been solid in the run game these past few weeks. I mean, I know he's taken up like two gaps just by himself um, by standing there. So you know he's been he's been really solid, but I think for us to really hone in. And be dominant going forward in the playoffs we need that front four to step up uh um, marlon great bounce back game um you're still yeah, not you a, pro, well. a great bounce back game and i love that lamar called him out and said, mm-hmm. he did he yeah bad. he did so hey great. So we team got team, you need lamar. to play better yeah but yeah well, overall solid game solid game um we were in control most of the game early i was doubtful but we took control of that game, and I had no doubts from the second half. So, great yeah. victory for us.
0: Yeah, they were talking about that. Uh, uh, I think the Ravens did, like, some uh, vignette, vignette or whatever about, you know, it's gone very understated, but Lamar's leadership this year since getting his contract has gone to another level. Like, he's actually, like, he's not saying it, like, on the sidelines and stuff like that, but he said – there was a time in that Jazz game where he was pulling the guys together. Like, he was got them in the circle and started to... They didn't show it on, you know, TV or anything, but um, Marlon, the guy's like, yeah, you know. And then, like you said, uh, he's like, yeah, last week, you know, Lamar was like, we need you to play better. He didn't say you're playing bad. He's like, we need you. I know you can play better than this. Like, I know, you know, you've been dealing with some injuries this year, but it's getting to a point in the season where we need you at your best. We're going to need you at your best, man. Like, so Lamar, like, and look, and, and Lamar is knows that because he's a former mvp and the best player in this team that you know he has to do the same thing each week i know he felt bad about throwing that pick. i know he did but i think the 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 thing is what i like about it is you know sometimes they say when a pitcher gets you know throwing his best pitch or whatever and then the guy comes up and just cranks the thing 450 feet and then they get all like they don't want to throw the pitch anymore they get all you know in their feels and they, they they feel like they can't throw the pitch anymore but, you know, that's, I think, the metal of a good uh, football player, especially a quarterback. They say the one thing you got to do is you're going to throw picks. It's going to happen, right? You can't – you're going to throw picks. The key is what do you do after that? Are you going to keep throwing picks or are you going to come back and throw touchdowns and make big plays? And that's what Lamar did, I think, for the rest of the game. Um, now, I will, you know, th- um, I will push back on the Travis about Kyle Hampton. According to Shannon Sharp, Kyle Hampton didn't play. So I'm just going to go with Shannon said. You know, according to Shannon, you know, Kyle didn't play. So, yeah. I don't don't know what you're talking about there, you know. (laughs) Um, But we said that in the group chat. It was like, you know, like he's talking. When he said, I think he pulled the clip, it was like, come on. You clearly just box score watching. That's what you've been doing with the Ravens all season. You've been box score watching. That's
2: it. I love that he confirmed. I love that he confirmed that that he won't be watching the games at all. No, he just, no. Thanks for verifying that. that. We already knew, but I'm glad you uh, showed it to everybody
0: when so, he would say that stuff about Lamar, especially after that Steelers game,
2: and Lamar's got played better,
0: like, did you not watch the game? Clearly you didn't. You clearly didn't, because if you watched the game, you'd have said, yes, yeah, not Lamar's fault. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was five or six drop passes and three drop touchdowns.
1: Like, come on.
2: Come. They, um, they shoot Mahomes all the bail in the world every week.
1: Man. Right. Box score bandit, man. Box <laughs> score bandit. Now,
2: uh,
0: say, say Zay Flowers and Odell were not practicing today. Um, apparently, Zay's been spotted in a walking boot. Uh, they says precautionary at the moment. You see, it has like a foot spring They don't feel overly concerned about it, but they says more precautionary things so that he can play. So the question will be if he plays, if he practices tomorrow. If he's still in that walking boot Thursday and Friday, I'm like, I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, but usually, a Beckham's usually doesn't. Uh, from what I've seen all year, Beckham is usually not practicing on Mondays. He just he just doesn't at this point morgan moses was uh not at, also not at practice with a shoulder injury um which i think he got that hurt in the game i think it was that jags game i think uh, um, morgan,
2: i think he'd been hurt i think he was hurt. yeah he, he was maybe really two running. games ago or something like that we went yeah, a couple of games ago
0: uh marcus and ronnie stanley were all practicing today i'm I happy about marcus i thought marcus with the groin uh injury um you know how groins are like i don't know like you could be out Later. for a while <laughs> But he apparently he was at practice today, so he, he practiced today. Um and shouts to him for making that phenomenal tackle at the end of the first half and keeping the guy in bounds.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, and then yeah. for and look, I look, I give Doug Peterson usually a lot of credit for being a really good head coach, right that was terrible clock management at the end of that end of that first half. And Travis, you said it in the in the uh, in the group chat. That was game right there. Yeah. them not scoring that and making it a three-point game and going in a half, I think, at 10-0. It was like, yeah. Like that, that's game right there. Like, Excuse you've me. been in the red zone, they were they were in the on, on the Ravens 40 at least three or four times in that first half,
2: in, and they yeah. didn't score anything inside, even closer. Yeah, to yeah,
0: that, they were right and at the goal line, too. At the goal line, they were right there at the goal line, and they just couldn't do it. So, um, I didn't see them, but the 49ers, yeah, and like you said, Stanley, um. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what like, it looked like when he was sitting on the bench, it wasn't anybody around anybody, right? He was sitting there and then you just saw him a few minutes later walking off of the trainers. I was just like, he was I I I personally think at this point, I would just put Makari in the left tackle. Like to be quite frank, I just put McCarty in a left tackle. Like there's no way I'm putting if I gotta keep taking Ronnie Stanley in and out of the game each week, I, I can't I can't keep doing it. I just can't now yeah. you know i mean Ronnie Stoney is you know coming off i think he's he had that huge knee you saw that knee brace he had on it covered up most of his leg
2: <laughs> can't anchor with you can't anchor anymore yeah like, they
0: saw, that's where everybody said he cooked. can't he's cooked he, there was one fact he gave up a sack and i think Allen just ran right past him he's like he can't he can't, move. he can't he can't he can't he can't push anybody back He can't He just so I'm like, look, I, yeah, at this point, I just put Pat McCari back there. Like for real. I just I would just pat Pat Cari and let you know, yeah, let Ronnie Stanley We don't have, said, a, choice. <laughs> we don't have a choice. Like I'm mean, like, you can't just, keep Ronnie back there. You just yeah. you can't. You just can't right now. Um now I said if Zay is healthy, I was con- you know with Keep Mitchell out. You know, we said on oh, Zay only got, I think, one catch in that game. Um, I think we said this earlier in the year that you know we would like to see Zay more involved, like kind of how the 49ers use Debo. You know in these end arounds and some of these like drag route plays and stuff like that maybe lining him up in the backfield sometimes didn't get swing just get him in open field just get him in open field we've been saying that about odell about these receivers and Keith mitchell you know before he got hurt that these guys are excellent at open field and the problem is uh some of the routes that they're running they're not giving them a lot of space especially zay like zay's not getting a lot of space where he's allowed to make the guy miss you know he's allowed to you know get a move get a step on a guy or something like that so i'm like if you know with keaton mitchell out i would like to see zay a little bit more like utilized that way you know if he is lining him up on the outside but also lining him up in in the backfield gives a different look especially like this part in the season right where you did they, they the 49ers and the dolphins and everybody else looked at film for the last 14 15 weeks for the raven to do at this point this is, would be a perfect time to throw in some wrinkles be yeah, a perfect time throwing some wrinkles that you haven't seen before to get ready for the playoffs right um i did like Col- colar got involved i think he got a first got a first down he got a catch Think got one catch in that game um but i think that the, we saw that formula in 2012 when he won the super bowl right it was ed dixon and dennis pitta yeah. like there's a there's a way to use both tight ends at the same time you don't have to just throw it to one all game you can utilize both at the same time
2: the, the only uh, problem like is said, that we need him to block. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that too. Right, to that <laughs>
0: yeah, they, they're not good blockers. That's the only issue. Um, and then when, if Mark Andrews does come, I don't know what Mark Andrews' status is at this point. I don't know. There's been hope that he might come back by the time, like maybe of the conference championship game with the Ravens get that far. Um, we'll I don't know. Um, but there's a you can use both. He did it at Georgia. He did it where Brock was at. Darryl, uh, Darnell Washington and um, is it Brock, Brock, is Brock Bowers Brock Bowers, yeah, Bowers. They used both of them at Georgia, so I'm like, you can do it here too. Um, so I'd like to see that. Um, and like you said, Travis, the Ravens still have another Harbaugh game. Another one. Lamar two and 0 against Harbaugh. Oh, is it? <laughs> 3-0. 3-0 against Harbaugh at this point, because the Chargers game was a Harbaugh game. Um, yeah, it's like, it's the Ravens, you tend to play down to their competition. Uh, I think we thought this passing game was going to be a lot more electric, considering how bad the Jags' pass defense so it is. Um, but I think again, a lot of that was the fact that the offensive line is bad. But they, but the my issue is they've known about they've known this line has been bad for the last five weeks. They've known it's been bad. It's not getting. You're not like you, anybody's on the line that you don't know that's going to get make things better. It's in the practice squad or on free agency at this point. So my thing is, you know, with you know Munkin, is like knowing that you gotta develop a better scheme right now around look, this line cannot block for five seconds. It just can't. And too many times in the last few games, we've seen that Lamar is having to run around and get out of sacks or whatever to make things happen and stay in the pocket for eight seconds to throw downfield. You gotta get to this situation, you gotta get these more a lot more of these quick, quick pass games going. To protect Lamar first off. And to keep these offers linemen like off their backs for real. like Because going against the point nine this coming week, they Munkins going to scheme off his ass. He's gonna to have to he's gonna again, this will be the perfect time to put in some stuff that you haven't that you haven't seen before on <laughs> T this will be the perfect time to do this. So look, the Ravens, six one on the road, they go into San Francisco this week. And um it's I think uh again, I think Lamar has another type game like he just had this past week against the Jags. If if Omar can do his thing, i said say that if Lamar is capable of doing his thing, I think the Ravens can win. If Lamar is capable of doing his thing, the key, I think, for the Ravens, and this is before we get to the preview, obviously, but the thing for the key for the Ravens is gonna be they have to get up early on the 49ers. When they have opportunities that they get I want to see Harbaugh like he did in the what game was that? The Detroit game? I think it was Detroit when they took the ball first they need to do that against San Francisco get that offense on the field get them points early yeah. so um move on to uh week 15 news so we saw uh, um with the Steelers lost to the Indianapolis Colts um their safety De- was it DeMar Casey got suspended for the rest of the year for a, a bad hit on Michael Pittman. Um Look, is this? Is, is, I think it, I think it's a. I think it's a uh, apparent now that the steel, like even Ben Roethlisberger commented this week. I think it's before the Colts even lost the game. The tradition of the Steelers is over, whatever that means. That's what he said on his podcast. The tradition of the Steelers is over. Since Ben Roethlisberger's been out, the Steelers haven't been getting better, and it's kind of that effect that you see. They talk about Bill Belichick. That Bill Belichick thing, like Tom Brady hasn't been there and the Patriots have been stinking ever since. And now you look at Mike Tomlin, does it feel like that that mojo he had where they could go, they could win, you know, nine games or win ten games and, you know, maybe not make the playoffs, but at least have a winning season. It feels like that mojo might be gone. And then I'm seeing a lot of the message boards and Steeler fans, that Western PA side starting to come out now. <laughs> Western PA people are starting to come out now all of a sudden about Mike Tomlin. I never liked Mike Tomlin. We should have kept Bill K- like it, it, it's it's starting to come out now about I don't like it either.
2: I, I don't, don't like, like it either. Like, he he's overcome too much with way less even yeah. after Big Ben Big Ben left like he had a whole winning season after Big Ben exited the premises like it it's that's I don't know what that is. Maybe it's just an excuse for people to finally bash him to people who never liked him in the first place but like you, you. This is not the Bill Belichick situation. This is not that. We've yeah. seen Tomlin year in and year out. Big, even when Big Ben was there, Big Ben has been, missed critical games in their season, and they've showed up regardless. Whether it was, whether it was uh, Jacoby Brissett or, or Charlie Batch or or Mason Rudolph or, I mean, he he's overcome all of that already and yeah. most teams you can't say that for you can't say that for Bill Belichick Belichick with a start QB so like let's not let's let's kill the comparisons it's not that Mike Tomlin's a great coach he's proved it already he's been there just as long as John Harbaugh has been there damn near and he has a lot to show for he's never had a losing season and like I said even when Ben was there it was a lot of them games he missed and he still had winning seasons and gone to the playoffs and things like that so he yeah, missed me with that and I'm not even a Steelers fan but I am a mike tomlin fan and just as a man in general and as a as a head football coach and whoever i i just i just don't buy it and and he's only the third coach in their history like stop it they're not moving on from mike tomlin they'd be foolish to do that mike tomlin will literally have a job as soon as he walks out of that door he'll be walking into another one they'd be fools to let him go It'd be the worst thing they could ever do for their franchise and actually i hope they do it <laughs> because if that's, it. if that's how they really feel you know, somebody else will be much more deserving of that anyway. So, yeah, yeah. Miss me.
1: and I think uh, if you look at if you look at this team, like they are the Carolina Panthers without Mike Tomlin. Like they're not winning more than two games because bad quarterback play, have an average running back, pretty for the most part, pretty average line play. But you have you have some good pass rushers. Pass pass defense is pretty poor. What do you really have with this team? They're the Carolina Panthers. Um, but Mike Tomlin seems to get the best out of players. He's a great strategist, great motivator. So that's what allows them to be so competitive. That makes the difference, and why people say coaching matters. So you get rid of him, you're in the doghouse. You're you're the uh, the mid 2010s Detroit Lions. You're going 0-16, I mean, 0-17, oh, 1-16. Well, like, you're a mediocre franchise at that point. Mike Tom, Tomlin is the only thing that is allowing them to hold on to
2: the Steelers' culture. Yeah. And he just fired yeah. the O.C. Of- like, they are playing with no O.C. Yeah. Like, come on, yeah. man. Like, give the man a chance. Like, does he hire the best staff? I don't know. Debatable. But if we just talk about straight-up head coach, like, stop it. Yeah.
0: And, I, and, I, and look, they made a bad pick with Kenny Pickett. That's a, that's another part of this, right? Like it, yeah. they put all their, you know, they drafted Kenny Pickett to be their parent, and he's clearly not it. And then they move on. They, they put Mitch Trubisky in, and they bench him from Mason Rudolph. Like they're going through it right now in Pittsburgh. Do I feel sorry for them? No, because they were saying all this crap on Lamar got hurt, blah blah blah. you have been beating off for the last six years. Fine, y'all gonna suck for them. Y'all gonna go through the Kyle Bola years like we did enjoy it enjoy it we had to suffer through it so now you guys got 2-2 um raiders beat the chart was it the chargers 63 to 0 20- 63 to 21 it should have been sixty-three to zero. Yeah. <laughs> every time i looked at my phone every five minutes
2: <laughs> there was a touchdown there was a touchdown I was, putting was I was putting updates every score were, changes. Yeah.
0: I was like, what, what do you mean? And, like, another what touchdown the and another touchdown. I was like, what is going on? And I'm like, there were like five fumbles in the game. Two of them returned for like touchdowns. Um. That, that team quit on Brandon Steele. That was the game. I thought it was going to be our game, but that was the game. where The team was like, we've had enough. We want this man fired. And he came out there, I think after the game and said, you know, after the de- the defense, clearly was, I mean, everything, everybody just played bad. Um, and said that, I mean, the reporter asked him, do you believe that you should still, you know, be the head coach or whatever? He's like, I, I, I have no reason not to believe I should be. And it was like, again, placing the blame on everybody else but himself. Now he finds himself out of a job. But three years too late, they, they got rid of Brandon Staley. But now Herbert's hurt. Mike Williams is injury prone at this point. He got a bad back. Uh, you got Khalil Mack and Joy Bosa, but you didn't really get much out of them this year. I mean, I'll, I'll be long-term this year. They had a few games, but Joy Bosa hasn't really been that guy for the last few years. Three years, honestly. Um, Derwin James, he was, you know, highly, you know, highly scouted and, you know, respected coming out of FSU and stuff. But, you know, I think since his major injury, hasn't really been that guy either. Austin Eckler is washed. He's at this point, he's done. Um, Keenan Allen is the only really good thing they got left, and I think he's over thirty years old now. So I'm like, they're going to have to just rebuild in, in for LA. They got to start off with a new head coach. Maybe Kellen Moore takes over as head coach. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but that at the end of the season, like that, I don't know why it took this long for the owner to go ahead and fire that man. It's why did it take this? You know, they were still they had a decent record enough where they could been in contention. You know, oh. you, you could have sparked something in this team to have them win, but now they know they're out of it. So it's like, what's the point?
2: They're trash.
0: The Browns Brown. going to beat the the Bears. Joe Flacco, while throwing three interceptions in this game, uh still helps to win. <laughs>
2: uh they are all this man crazy right now too no i I can't
0: but like people are talking about Flacco like he's about to go in his 2012 run and a lot of ravens fans are like look if this was against a better team the browns would have got stopped three picks three picks like now if it was against a better team the pick six yeah this would have been this is a better team this this game wouldn't this wouldn't have been close (laughs) and then of course in chicago bear fashion was it Daryl Moon? He's like right there to get the like The ball's falling into his hand and he bobbles it somehow and then kicks it into yeah. the to the Browns player so he can... I was like...
2: It's a tough, it's a tough catch, man. They, they, it they is. they tough. Super, those super slow motions. and It was fast, that, yeah. That football it was fast was kind of, yeah, it's a hard reaction. And it was reaction, spinning too, so I was like, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was tough. I, I felt bad for him, but it is what it is. Yeah,
0: you know, so the Browns are still in it. The Bengals are still in it. Jay Brown and Joe Flacco are keeping these dudes alive, man.
1: It's the They're Flacco experience. It's... <laughs> but Flacco like I said,
2: kind of rejuvenate the whole division. Oh man,
1: right. Yeah. yes. Like,
0: like,
2: I
1: would love to root for
0: Flacco, but he plays for the Browns. He can't do it. Yeah. Just can't. Yeah. Just can't do it. Um What was the other giveaway we talk about? Uh, I think that's Oh, the Bills beating the Cowboys. So the Cowboys Obviously come off their win against the great win against the Philadelphia Eagles and go up to Orchard Park in Buffalo and just get scored. Old this were like 1950s football. James Cook had his best game ever. He had like 200 all purpose yards. Yeah. like hundred like and eighty something rushing yards. Two three touchdowns. Stefan Diggs had like two catches, I think, all game. <laughs> I think Allen only threw the ball sixteen times the whole game. I said yep. they only threw 90, the ball yards. He
2: ain't had to do nothing. He nope. Nothing. They ran the ball. He threw. He threw like a wheel route to the to James Cook. Like, he, like a couple passes to Diggs, and that was his day. That was it. That was, <laughs> that was it. it.
0: Um,
2: Fraudulent.
0: Now I will say, <laughs> minus the Cowboys, I knew this was going to happen. I said after the Eagles game, like that was their Super Bowl. They've been all hyped for that game since the Eagles. This is what the Dolphins are like. This and the Cowboys are like this. When you get them out of their home stadiums, ass—they're not good. They just—they just not. They can't. Um, I will say I am tired of the Talking Heads bringing up the Bills. Yes, the Bills are playing better football right now. They're eight and seven. Congratulations, but they're still in the hunt. They're not even in the playoffs right now. They don't have a seed. But everybody's talking like I saw they they did rankings on Colin Cowherd and I think speak. Of their top teams in the AFC and they got the Bills in the third or the fourth position, depending on what show you're watching.
2: Nah, that would be teams that, that
0: are in the playoffs.
2: Was that honcho show uh speak with uh with Joy Taylor? And he yeah. had the nerve to ask the question, is are the Bills the best team in the AFC? They're yeah. not in the playoffs if the season ended today. How disrespectful is that? Yeah. Well, I can't I like? Give I like George's response. response. She was, she was like, "Are we not going to talk
0: about the Ravens? Like, we just going to act like the Ravens don't exist?"
2: <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, we're not going to put no respect on the Ravens at all. Like, we you can I big up one team without downing the number one seed. I mean, granted, we're used to this treatment and we kind of like it that way. We prefer, it. right? But like, come on, man. And
0: anyway, right, they're acting like they've made it seem like oh, Josh Allen just had this great game. He threw sixteen passes for under under a hundred yards. Lamar Jackson went out there and played his ass off <laughs> and in an a away game.
1: Like man, I think you froze it, dog. Yeah, man. And up
2: a little I, bit.
0: I think that I, what I don't what I hate is that they had to go into a my, my. They,
2: might have to close out of that X-rated window he got on the other I'll... screen.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, man.
1: I think we lost you, bro.
2: Yeah. But no, that was disrespectful. This, the, the, the Bills literally got three teams ahead of them. They got four teams ahead of them, but they got three teams ahead of them without even a starting quarterback. Yeah. Like, come on, man. You you got Minshew, Jake Browning, and Joe Flacco ahead of you, and they asking. If uh if they're the best team in the AFC. If they were the best team in the AFC, they wouldn't have as many losses as they have. It just doesn't make any sense. They objectively yeah. the best team in the AFC. It's just facts.
1: I would just yeah, say they're the hottest and that's it. Yeah, yeah we hot. can hear you
2: now. They know. The yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I even still think I don't I, yeah, I was still just, a team I, I don't see say, Like
0: the fact that they went into a production but still.
2: Miles, Miles, working on that satellite delay. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um, now I was gonna say, like, the what was it? The uh, for speak, they had to put that in production meeting for that segment. Yeah. To go into this. They went into a production meeting to, to talk about that segment. And like, yeah, that sounds that sounds good. Let's talk about the Bills being the number one team in the AFC. Click. Made no sense to
2: me. Yeah,
0: made no sense. But so shout out to Joy Taylor for at least giving the Ravens some respect. Like, let's not act like they were like, yeah, they're like the best team in the AFC. That's not even in the playoffs. And even if they went out, they they still may not make it. You know, but depending on what the Dolphins do, or whatever, like that, like it's, they still may not make it. Right. So I'm not going to talk about a team being the best in the conference and they're not even in the playoffs right now. Like, let's. <laughs> I could get it if you were talking about. The Bills and a number five seed or a seven seed, or it was a number one seed. Had 11 wins.
2: Come on now. Mm.
0: Yeah.
2: Come on. One on 12. Um,
0: I did want to talk about this, though, before we move on to uh, <coughs> the MVP, I guess, talk or whatever. Um, I think Ryan Clark brought it up, I think, in the last week, or, or I think it was in the last week. It was about the Cam Newton when Cam Newton was calling, Dak Prescott, a game manager. And uh, Kimberly Martin on, she does with Get Up and uh, our first take with Stephen A. And it when she made the comments saying like, oh, he made the, he was uh, talking like a guy that's in his basement, you know, and stuff. And it was just kind of, you saw Dominique Foxworth on Get Up and he was just kind of, he was doing like, he was like looking like he wants you could tell he wanted to say something but he was like nah i can't say nothing i'm not gonna say nothing I'm on espn so i can't say nothing but then ryan clark comes on his show the pivot and basically you know makes the same statement that he did without calling her name out and just said you know i'm gonna say that somebody said he saw like he come from the basement you know from mom's basement like let's not like let's like acting like and then she made that little she looked right dead in the camera right and said like Oh, Cam, you know, we're talking about backup quarterbacks. Where are you? Sitting at home. Like, I think Ryan Clark did it very professionally and respectfully. Hope said, like, basically told her, you need to remember who you are talking about. Like, Cam Newton was one of those guys. Like, Cam Newton, Auburn threw, like, 48 touchdowns his Heisman Trophy year. 48 touchdowns in the SEC. Okay, was an NFL MVP. When Cam Newton was in the league, he was on commercial. Like, he was the dude before Pat Mahomes and oh, Cam Newton was one of those guys in the league, and was a five star recruit coming out of high school. Like Cam Newton has always been that guy. He's not just because it, look he wears some weird hats now and some his clothing his clothing style is a little eccentric and stuff. But look, that's that's just his this clothing style right now. That he likes the hats and the different style of clothes and stuff. That's fine. But I think a lot of it was, it was the gatekeeping aspect. As much as they say, as much as they'll talk about this, a lot of FS1 and ESPN do not like the fact that these athletes have their own shows. Yeah. They don't like it. Because journalists, for the last 40, 50 years, have been the ones telling the stories about these athletes. They do the documentaries, uh, they do the newspaper articles, they do the books, you know, on these athletes when they retire and stuff about their life and talk about their, you know, uh, history and stuff like that. They've always been the gatekeepers, but now the athletes with the Pivot and Cam Newton Show, uh, Michael Parsons Show and Bleacher Report and a couple others are telling their stories while it's happening live. You know, they're doing it in basketball. I don't think I've really seen anything baseball related, but they've been doing it in basketball and football for sure, where guys are who are actually playing, are telling what's how they're feeling, what's going on, And a lot of these, fs one and them don't like it because you used to have to call them, hey, you got, I want you to come on our show and talk about this, talk about that. They're like, "Eh, I don't have to do it anymore. And athletes are now going to other athletes that are going to the pivot. You know, they're going to Shannon Sharp and Chad Otrasenko's show, like to talk about sports and how, because they, uh, they know they're not, when they're talking about the game, right? And Skip Bayless is famous for this. And Stephen A is too. When they're talking to actual athletes on the panel, and they're sitting and saying, so I think you're wrong, I think you're wrong. And you see the athlete's face like, wait, I don't care that you watched or wrote about the sport for 30 years. I don't care. You didn't play. <laughs> you weren't on the court. How are you gonna tell me I'm wrong? I think that's where a lot of this comes from now with, you know, with social media and different technology the way it is these athletes like well, I don't have to go on ESPN and that best one anymore. I can just create my own channel I'm on YouTube get my own subscribers people can watch and we can have other athletes come on and we can talk sports so when Kimberly said that and I saw Dominique Foxworth on the other side going like you could clearly tell he was just like <laughs> <laughs> if I wasn't mm-hmm. on the network right now I would say something but I can't sure. I can't say it and it just it got I, I was just like our I, I, I was I think I remembered when Tom Brady said a comment a couple weeks before that about the league being mediocre no one said anything about Tom Brady saying it, no one said a word the only person that said something was Alex Smith who came on for that one day I haven't seen him since maybe, maybe if he pissed off Tom Brady he said I don't want him on ESPN anymore. <laughs> get him out of here he, they, Tom Brady made that comment about him, NFL being mediocre I didn't see one segment on Tom Brady anywhere about the NFL being mediocre but when Cam said that, it was on FS1, it was on ESPN. Oh, Cam Newton, man. weird clothes. How's he talking like this? And Kimberly m- made that comment, forget the clothes. And I was just like, so because he's wearing eccentric clothes, now he doesn't know what he's talking about. Like this man wasn't a, a premier elite athlete at quarterback. Yeah. So I was just like, yeah, I, I just, it's and I will crazy. say, I don't think, I'm- I'm- I am don't-, don't think I'm wrong, but I haven't seen Kimberly on first take since that was comment was made. Like she's been on um, Get Up, but she hasn't been on First Take. But I think of Ryan Clark sometimes is on the show with her, so I think she, there may be some stuff going on, yeah. and, and, you know, oh, yeah,
1: right.
2: Yeah, it's probably. I mean, unfortunately, this is just kind of what happens when you see when you see people in general just kind of branching out and becoming more independent and and taking you know matters into their own hands. I mean, we see it with with all different types of spaces i mean it happens in music it happens in sports um the commentating thing is just a ridiculous take because it's like obviously i'm more qualified to you we had resumes to line up against each other you went to a whole bunch of school to read about what i've been doing actually on the field on the court or whatever the case may be like it's a ridiculous argument to even to even have and you know if you know i'm not saying that she should be gone or anything i mean she just needs to be educated on what the hell she just said because obviously she's not smart enough to realize that what she said sounded dumb as hell <laughs> because um the thing with cam newton is it's an easy target for those type of people because he doesn't fit any type of societal norms that you want him to fit he's he's a big black quarterback who um you know did things his own way he didn't necessarily follow the rules that was set forth in front of him he didn't play the game like people expected him to play the game but at the end of the day like look those times is over like we've already ushered in a new era of, of quarterbacks I mean we have you know Lamar Jackson who's kind of um you know he, he's obviously evolutionized the position as well even further and moved it forward and it's just what it is and, and for you to have a mindset and you just say things like that it just this is obviously it's gonna rub you know most people want understand what's going on the wrong way. And it, it just wasn't a good look, but we see it all the time. I mean, not with her, but like just the general gatekeepers, like you said, miles, they don't like that. These athletes are going out and getting their own shows. And they that and the third, because now we don't, we don't need, you know, this FS one deal. We don't need this ESPN deal. Like we can kind of do it on our own and, and be just as successful and be just as and just, and be more happy about it. Mm-hmm. And, and on top of that, now we're uh we're threatening the major networks because people are watching your show less and less it's not like espn has had these greatest ratings for the last several years espn has been has not been doing great they've been doing great on like uh, one show and outside of that that first take yeah (laughs) yeah first take and we're talking about first take where we have people on that show who have their own platforms as well so it's not like you know it's this is just for ESPN. Every time Stephen A shows up on ESPN, every time Channel Sharp shows up on ESPN, they're generating more bread for their own production individually as well. So it's They have the banners right
0: under when they're talking.
2: Twice right. Stephen A show on YouTube, right. like, Exa- Exactly. Like, so it's not what it used to be, even on that mm-hmm. show. So it's like for her to say that on a show, it's kind of like she's just kind of like obviously just not, you know, she, she's not fully aware of what's been happening. And she probably is in just ignorance of the fact that what she said just came off the way it came off Mm -hmm. and hopefully she learned her lesson but it 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 is unfair when things like that are targeted towards people for having an opinion because like you said Miles when Tom Brady has an opinion on something people are going to respect that opinion because he's a white quarterback and he won six Super Bowls or however many Super Bowls he won but just because Cam Newton is a black quarterback he dresses the way he dresses he acts the way he acts he doesn't follow your societal norms it's just that and a third his opinion is not as valid no he did it right. at a high level too he's an mvp of this league as well mvp yeah. put some respect on that just the same way you put some respect on that on, on you on your on your opinions because you weren't on the field you weren't there you weren't in the gym you weren't in the practice you weren't doing any of that you you're just here because you read about it and you wrote about it and you watched it on tv and that's it so like it's a it's a very easy clapback in this whole situation. It's just that, you know, it hasn't gotten to the point yet, but it, it feel like it's getting to the point where it's like, look, like you really now now your word isn't even as valuable as ours because y'all went so hard to, to make our 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 word um, not not valuable that now it's making y'all look crazy. So I, I hope it keeps happening because it's not going to be a game that they're going to win. I mean. Yeah. we obviously we, we know what the ratings are teetering towards we like watching takes from people on their personal podcasts their personal shows you know that there's you know shannon sharp we have opinions about shannon sharp but it's still his yeah. opinion of the day so we don't yeah. we don't Shannon sharp we just think he says ridiculous things but at the end of the day he, he has a great show with ocho cinco that's yeah that's yeah. a good show he's entertaining i think it's more entertaining than his his individual show that he had by itself. yeah yeah, yeah. ocho is, is pretty enjoyable um uh, what's his name? Jeff Jeff T. He got a, a show yeah. that uh, yeah, yeah, it was and funny. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even. I haven't watched. I need to watch more, but I've just seen clips. But even just the clips. Like are getting more ratings than these shows. So like that's just what it is. I, like I said, I hope I hope more analysts show their true colors and say stuff like that too, because a lot of times those are the people who have the worst takes anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, what you're saying is desperation. These are desperate shots at these athletes, um, because. They are what we want to see. You know, we've seen media transform. We want to see influencers. We want to see rappers talk about hip hop culture, pop culture, things like that. Um, We want to see people that played the game, know the game, have real insights and not speculation. We don't want to see Skip Bayless as much and his 1.2 points per game in high school. We want to see a guy like Jeff T, who has true stories mm-hmm. from his playing time, has true insight, understand what goes into being an NBA player. We want to see him talk about the league. You know what I mean? We want to see Cam really give his opinion because this is a guy that played. He's been he's been a top tier MVP. He's been a uh, he's been a guy that's a journeyman towards the end of his career. He's seen the top and the bottom. So this is what we want to see. And this is what the uh, this is what the fans want to see. These are what the viewers want to see, and we that's evident in the rise of these shows. They don't need the ESPN money. They are making money straight from their platforms, their Patreons, the YouTubes. This is what the general public wants, and you're seeing desperate attempts to shame them by some of these people who are trying to hold on to their jobs at espn because we know you know when that new year hits that's usually when ESPN is about to do those cuts so mm-hmm. i mean there's a jealousy and it's unfortunate that it's that way but you know it's the nature of the game we want to see, nowadays music wise everybody wants to see the tiktok stars and the young people and the young rappers but now um in sports or or media we want to see the guys that have true insight the game is changing it's evolving you know there shouldn't be this much hate for cam like tom brady said worse and um, you know he got nothing he got shot bail
0: yeah and i think like you guys are saying is i mean it's uh, i think gone are the days of where people accept who you throw out there in front of them on tv to talk about who has an opinion like Magdal, like mad dog russo and Stephen a smith and i was like stuff yeah you guys have been journalists for 30 years and you've covered the game you have all these so-called contacts and people you know and stuff like that but um we just didn't they had, they just uh former i think either i think she was on either cbs or fox or each one of them and she made a comment like you know on a on a show talking about oh she made up a uh made up a story uh about a coach or something at the end of a game that she just made up she didn't think it was a big deal, but in journalism, that's like a that's a huge no-no. You don't make up stories, you know, about about especially the, the the topic you're covering. You don't make up content like that. But she said it, and it's like, I mean, we've we've heard athletes say this all the time, where you know they do they they refuse to do interviews with certain with certain reporters and stuff because they take their what they say out of context. They'll take one little sentence they said without covering the whole thing. Um, why Marshawn Lynch towards the end of his career was like not talking to not talking to reporters at all uh, right we need the Super Bowls, like I'm just here so I don't get fined like he's like, I'm not talking to y'all because if I say when I start talking or say something you're going to take something out of context and you're going to frame me a certain way that's not correct and I think that you know again with these shows it also what I like about these shows too is that it allows these guys to be a little more open and real about what's going on I yeah. feel like when they're talking to reporters, they got to be real guarded and they real like, all right, like, I can't really say this, I can't say that. But you look at the guys like, you know, that are, um, I think like Corey said about Gilbert Arena's show, he's had Rashad cans on there. Um, I think he's had Steven Jackson on there a couple of times. Like these guys talk about their, their life in the league um, and, you know, how things are going and stuff. And like I said, the story, like Gil, Gilbert Arena's talked about him breaking guns in the locker room. Everybody's always wanted to know, those hmm. stories and stuff, and I think that's the other thing too is like, no longer do we have to speculate about what went happened in the back in the locker room and stuff. Like when they when the Giannis thing happened this past was that this past week, he dropped with sixty two points and then he ran into the locker, opposing team's locker room to get his ball back because they took the ball into the locker room and I think they were talking about it the next day on the podcast. so I was like. We get to hear that now from the players and we can believe them because they're like, why would they lie? Why would they lie about that? Like right. they're sitting there joking, laughing fun, or whatever like that. So again, I think it's that old guard, like I said, journalism, and I think journalism and the athlete itself have always had a contentious relationship for a the long since they've been around. It's like journalists have a narrative about framing players they like, you know, a certain way, and players they don't like for whatever reason. They may not be a bad person or even a bad athlete, but because they don't like them or because they didn't give them the scoop that they wanted, oh now I'm going to start printing bad stuff about you. I'm going to start taking stuff you said out of context. And I think players are like, yeah, I'm not. We're not doing that anymore. We're not doing it. So we're we're going to tell the stories, and you're going to listen to us. And I think the fans fans have showed it. The fans have showed like we saw ESPN already made their. They made some big cuts back in what was that July September? Yeah. They made some huge cuts. They got rid of most uh, more than half their staff and on and on like jalen 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 um rose is gone a whole bunch of people were gone um so um yeah i i think it's you know it's making that shot looking directly in the camera by kimberly and i like kimberly too and it's just like making that shot at cam was like that was unnecessary
2: yeah because
0: you don't do that to dan you don't do dan Orlovsky. <laughs> oh. you know I look, and i like dan I, I love dan i love dan i think he, he really knows football but let's be real the one thing he's known for is stepping on the back line of the end zone, causing his own safety. That's what he's known for. That's what he's known for. Cam Newton has been at the best level at every tier of football. Wee, high school, college, NFL. He has been the top guy at every level. So let's put some respect on him. Okay. Yeah. Christian respect. Um, so yeah, look, um, the MVP race, um, I put on my Facebook page, I was like, I know they're not really talking about it right now, but it feels like the MVP race comes down to Monday night, Christmas Day. Um, you got at least three of the top MVP getters, I think vote getters in the game. You're going to have c Brock Purdy, and Lamar Jackson in this game. And um, I'll ask you guys this. Do you think Lamar is thinking about that part? of this game or lamar more thinking I, I already did the mvp thing if they give it to me great but i'm more worried about getting that ring at the end you think lamar yeah. is even like considering worried about this thing?
2: no i don't think he's worried about it i think um it, it might have been a different story if this happened to be the contract year opposed to last year it, it might have meant something for him just in a matter of locking up his future but i mean he's already paid mvp this year will be great but you know i i think us as fans we want it for him more than he probably wants it for himself I'm, I'm sure he he wants it but that's just not where his focus is his focus is winning a super bowl and winning a super bowl only so he's going to do that you know by any means necessary whether that means putting up eye popping numbers to get us to win or whether that means getting into the guys who need the ball to get us to win so i don't think that you know i i definitely don't think that he's uh he's thinking about that focused on or whatever the case may be um but of course like you said taking care of the niners i think would solidify it for him i think that'll definitely up his chances significantly so he has that on his mind and i think you know the the two things will kind of play into each other so you you take care of business in san francisco have a dominating performance and win that game he's probably going to win it anyway um based on only having a couple of games left in the season so I think that's more so on his mind is dominating san francisco than it is winning the mvp but doing one might get you both
1: yeah i think this is so far from lamar's mind um i think his sole focus is the super bowl i feel like he's starting he's at that place where he just obsesses about it um and i think you know how he's not chasing stats and how he's like pulling pulling up on runs, just the way he plays right now, lets me know he's not worried about his stats. He's worried about what's going to win the game, and I think that's all he's focused on. I think this is just like something he'll just be grateful for if he wins it. But at the end of the day, he wants to go get the W, no matter what. Whether he whether he puts up big stats, whether he throws for 110 yards and a touchdown, he's fine with that. He doesn't want the MVP. He just wants to win. So I think it's just that simple. This is just a different type of guy.
0: Yeah, and I think they said, like, the leadership that he's that he's shown this year, it's like he's he's focused more on the team, like a team as a whole. Like, we need to get this through. Uh, now, I will say, if Lamar wins another MVP, whatever comparisons they give him against current quarterbacks outside of Pat Mahomes needs to stop. Like, if he wins two MVPs, like, the only person you can talk about is him and Mahomes. That's it. Don't talk about Josh Allen and Herbert and what nope, or, or even Hurts for that matter. If Lamar wasn't an MVP race like the, the the conversation is over. It's him and Mahomes.
2: So, Period. Yeah. All, all he all all Lamar does is win, man. All he does yeah. is win and he does it as a high clip and he's been doing it way less than any of these other guys have ever had throughout their careers. And to, to me, even going through um this brock purdy you know the comparison going into monday night brock purdy versus Lamar. brock Purdy, brock purdy is actually favored to win the uh the mvp as, as it stands right now for whatever reason but brock purdy's playing with a whole nother potential mvp on his team so yeah. like can you can you really be the mvp when you're playing with another yeah. mvp candidate basically like yeah. what are you saying if you go down tomorrow christian christian mccaffrey might still carry you know he, he might still do his thing Yup, yeah, but y'all still might not you, you, you still might not win but if Christian mccaffrey goes down you're probably not going to win so like i don't even understand how he's the favorite at that point i would probably respect it more if they said christian mccaffrey was a favorite because i feel like they can probably yeah. still get the job done if if purdy goes down because they also have debo samuel who if christian mccaffrey wasn't there debo samuel will probably be in a conversation as the mvp favorite as well so like mm-hmm. miss me miss me with it um, the game's gonna be important regardless because Lamar is not up against, you know, and I'm not Lamar, but like as far as MVP odds, he's gonna be up against the Lamar haters. He's gonna be up against that San Francisco defense, and he's gonna be up against, you know, just themselves shoot themselves in the foot with Dolphin the offensive line. But outside of that, I don't think it's close between him and Purdy just based on what, based on what he's had to do with that team. Um, versus what San Francisco's had to do, what Purdy's had to do. Purdy's been pretty much, I don't want to disrespect him and say a game manager because he's been playing some great ball, but I do think Shanahan has a part to do with that, and I do think Christian McCaffrey and Debo being on that team has a lot to do with that as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, he he's, he's not a game manager, but he's a system quarterback. Absolutely. You know, he, he thrives in the ability to hit guys in open space, um and to make those throws. But what we saw during that during those low periods for San Francisco this year is like when his guys aren't available, he's out there. He's he's looking more like uh he's looking like Joe Flacco last week. (laughs) So Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew, there you go. Gardner Minshew getting guys smacked. So I think uh, with Brock Purdy, um, you know, by all means, he should be in the MVP race. Not, not even gonna lie, just because, just because the stats are insane. I mean, he has the fifth most, um, the fifth highest QB rating in NFL history. Um, but when you look at from the eye test, and you're not a box score bandit like Shannon Sharp, <laughs> what guy is carrying his team? What guy is truly valuable to his team? Where would the Ravens be eleven and three right now, or would they be three and eleven without Lamar Jackson? Would they? And you see how he carries his team to victory. He wills them to wins. He makes he makes plays that Brock Purdy can't. Um, but I can't say it the reverse. I don't think Brock Purdy makes plays that Lamar can't. But Lamar makes plays and has made plays that Brock Purdy can't. I don't think he. I don't think Brock Purdy can carry any team like Lamar has. So I think that's what gives gives him the edge, in my mind. Um, I, I could care less about Christian McCaffrey because they don't they don't give MVPs to running backs anymore. So this is really Lamar versus Purdy. But I think when you look at the totality, you look holistically at the season and look at it with your eyes and not your uh, and not your stat sheet. You see that Lamar has not only beat his opponents, he's beat his own coaches. He's dealt with the injuries to his team. Uh, lose what he has. He doesn't have his top running back. He's about to be without his new uh, lively running backs. Odell hasn't been the twenty million dollar guy. Granted, he's coming on strong. He hasn't mm-hmm. been the twenty million dollar guy they signed. Zay hasn't stepped into that number one receiver role. There's no. Re- he doesn't have a Pro Bowl receiver on his team. Gardner Minshew has two. He has some average running backs on this team. Rob Pardon. Purdy has. Uh, Brock Purdy, well, I say Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Rock <laughs> Purdy has Christian McCaffrey, so and and you got Kyle Shanahan as your play caller. I mean, Rock Purdy has the has has privilege all over his season when Lamar is just working with less and he's making it happen. So I mean, you have to put it in Lamar's court right now, but I think it's going to come down to this game.
2: And and also wasn't this Jimmy Garoppolo's team? Wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo doing the same thing kind of with, with, with the yeah. guys he had for a period yeah. of time before he went yeah. down? And look yeah. look where he's at and made look where he's to, at now. Like come oh, on, man. Made, made it made to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I mean that's a cool. segue right into the
0: Ravens 49ers. So look, you know, we already know like with this game, right? I mean, it's 49ers are gonna be the best team they played to this point. Um I mean, I looked at the stats and I mean the, the ranking and stuff. The forty nine are on both sides of the ball, top five almost in every category. Um, the only weakness that the forty nine ers have is pass completion percentage. So they will allow you to you know, you can throw the you can throw the ball like they're not gonna allow the big play, like over the top. They're not gonna allow that. They'll give you the stuff underneath. They'll give you that, right? Their run defense is pretty good. Of course they added Chase Young after the after the uh uh, the trade deadline, around the trade deadline. You got Christian McCaffrey's health Debo is set, has Samuel's healthy. Uh, I think the key for this game is, I don't even think, like, honestly, not even going to really focus on Christian McCaffrey. I think for them, take Debo out of the game. If you can find a way to neutralize Debo, kind of like the Ravens did last week against end neutralize Debo because he provides that extra element. In the offense, he can line up in the backfield. He can line up out wide and act a wide receiver and all. He can do all that stuff. If they can kind of contain him, right? And I think the other aspect of this is Matt game. You guys said it before. We were talking about the Jags, right? They got to get pressure early. They can't wait until the second half because if they're going to get pressure on Brock Purdy and he's allowed to sit back there for, and the way they've been running their offense, right? Brock Purdy's been getting the ball out in three seconds. So one, two, three, bam. One two three, bam! Like It's going to be on Roquan and P-Queen especially. They got to do a really good job of guarding that middle. Kyle Hamilton's got to stop all that. Him and Brandon Stevens and Marlon, for that matter, got to stop all their screen stuff. They have to show the 49ers very early on this is not going to work today. They got to stop them at every possible moment they can. Now look, there's going to be moments in the game I think that McCaffrey's going to have a big play. Debo's going to have a big play. But it's going to come down to I think if the 40 if the Ravens can hold the 49ers to just kicking field goals instead of touchdowns, That's gonna that's for, all, for all on defense, right? Now for Brandon Stevens, who do you guard? I guess he because Debo, they move him around so much, I would have to say they're gonna have he's gonna probably be on IU. He's gonna probably be on IU. Debo. Mar- I guess it's Marlon. Maybe maybe put Darby out of the doghouse in- and <laughs> Kyle
2: follow him around. I don't know. Yeah, maybe
0: Kyle. Yeah, I'm not like I said, this is gonna be this know. is gonna be Mike for both sides, right? I think for Mike McDonald and for uh Munkin, it's gonna be their most uh it's gonna be their toughest game to scheme. Um because like you said with Fred Warner, especially on the defense, you know, for Munkin, what do you do with him or Fred Warner? You know, uh, Jennings, the cornerback, they just got a pick six last week and ran it back. You know, I mean, it's so I think they have playmakers on every level, you know, of this team. And I think, I mean, I, I think they've already given. Everybody's like, you know, the Ravens are going to lose. Four, gonna win this game. They're at home. Um, I mean, I think mean, even in the local media have kind of already said, yeah, the Ravens lose this game. It doesn't really matter as long as they beat the Dolphins next week. <laughs> you know, um, but I don't think it's not a winnable game. I don't think it's not a winnable game. The Ravens do a really good job. Of um playing up to competition. Like we said, they've uh, when the Lions came in here, they were number one in their division when we played them. When the Seahawks came in here, they were number one at the time in their division when we played them. Uh and the Ravens showed out, they played phenomenal football. Uh Lamar has even said, you know, we gotta get back to more maybe some play action, some rollouts, things like that, putting this line on on you know, just moving moving things around so the line doesn't have to just straight up block Chase Young and uh um, nick bosa you know this week so i mean it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge uh without keith mitchell there i was i was definitely hoping keith mitchell would be available for this game um this is the game i really wanted to see him featured in but he's not going to but you know you don't really have you got justice hills gonna probably be utilized again i think like you said travis has been saying for the last few weeks get that wheel route in motion get, get that wheel route going uh, I think in a game like this, they're going to have to show so many different looks, I think, for that defense that they haven't seen before. Because uh, I think if they're too predictable in this game, it could end up mercy messing with them. They can't start slow that they have in the last few weeks. They got to get in the end zone. I think that's going to set the tone for how this game goes. Is if the, Ravens can, if the Ravens win the toss or whatever and they get the ball first and score a touchdown on the first drive, I think that sets the wheels in motion for the Ravens like, oh, we can win this game. But if the if the 49ers get the ball and they drive down the defense with like not being stopped at all and they just get down there, it's like oh crap, ah uh, oh, crap, here we go. Um, and like I said, they can't wait. Mattabika can't wait to get pressure in on the interior until third quarter because by then they could be down by two touchdowns. You know, they, they got to get early. So I mean, like, I don't know if that requires Queen and Roquan to they did, they got to do some stunt plays, some something. <laughs> move the guys around like of clowny in them like i don't know who, who how they're going to line up the defensive ends whoever is going to be on Trent williams is going to be null and void plain and simple i just nobody's been able to get past that man this year whoever's on Trent williams is going to be null and void so they're going to do some stuff on the interior part with the the center and the guards they're going to do something to move things around and give some guys some open lanes for, for sacks or something to knock the ball down another i think part of this game is from what we, they, I mean, they got it, I think, in the Jags game, but they're going to need it more in this game. And I think it's going to need go. turnovers in the second half for the Ravens. Or ta- should I say takeaways? Takeaways for the Ravens defense in the second half. Because in these kind of games, it's going to feel like a playoff game. It's going to feel like if they get a turnover early, the 49ers have enough time to come back into the game and kind of wipe that out. But if it happens in the third and fourth quarter and changes the kind of dynamic of the game and the momentum of the game and the thing is close, that, that changes everything. There's not a lot of time. Now you're working against the clock. You know Now you're working against your own momentum. Guys are tired now. So, yes, I would love the Ravens to get a takeaway in the first half, but I would love to see them make, especially that defense, make key plays in the second half to change this game, much like they did in the Chargers game. They had to do that in the Chargers game. And they got that. I think was it the Davian Clowney got that. Was it a sack, the strip fumble, strip fumble in the fourth quarter when the Chargers were driving towards the end zone? They got a strip fumble and the Ravens got it back. Like that's what the Ravens are going to need in this game. They're going to have to play. They're going to have to take segments from like the last fifteen weeks, <laughs> fourteen weeks of these different games and put it all together this week because this is really going to be a, for for the Ravens. Going forward, forget the Dolphins and the Steelers game coming up. If the Ravens really believe that they're going to be able to win the Super Bowl, they got to play well this game. They got to see it. They got to be able to see it with their own eyes. Because if they go in and they get blown out like the Eagles did and the Cowboys did against them, then I feel like the Ravens, Ravens fans, and even the team to a to a sense will be like, maybe we can get to the Super Bowl, but. I don't know. Like, well, if the 49ers are there, we're going to have the same issue and the kind of thing. So, again, I think is Lamar. Can Lamar outduel Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy? Is the key to this game. And I don't even think Lamar, like you guys said, Lamar is a throw for 350. I think it's going to be a combination of what it was last week. Lamar is going to have to make some plays with his legs. And when they get into the red zone, score a touchdown. That's what that, I think the key is. Um, yeah, again, I, I but I'll, another I think Travis, you mentioned this a few weeks ago, too. Time of possession in this game. Keep the ball out of the, the San Francisco 49ers' hands, the offense. Keep it out of their hands. Run the fo- – there, there are going to be times in this game throughout the four quarters where there are going to be moments where it's like, all right, let's run the ball. Let's take about seven, eight minutes off this clock. Let's not give their, especially if the Ravens towards the end of the half get the ball, score a touchdown. And there's like, it's like they got the ball right, but they notice like, all right, there's like six minutes left on this clock. Let's, let's wind this thing down a bit. So when the Fournettes do get the ball back, they only got like a minute, maybe 40 seconds to do something. They don't have a lot of time to do much of anything. So, yeah, again, Harbaugh's going to have to coach his best game. Like, everybody's going to have to be the, their, on their best in this game. Everybody's going to be on their best in this game. But I will say, I think the one the one thing working in the Ravens' favor is no one's really giving them a chance to win this game. Because so I, I already know on Monday Night football Football, the, 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 the analysts come up. Everybody's going to pick the 49ers. They're going to be at home. They're on a roll right now. Everybody's going to pick the 49ers. No one's going to pick the Ravens. No one. So I think that's the only thing is that everybody's cons- it's kind of already knocking, probably putting them out of it. So the Ravens are working with that a little bit. Maybe they can shock the world.
2: Yeah, it's going to be one of those. Um, it's it's a unique game for us, man. We we we're going to have our biggest test on offense, and we're going to have our biggest test on defense, and we're going to have a biggest test on that sideline coaching a football game as well. Um, like you said, not just the offense and defense, but our coaches are going to have to coach up the best game. I'm I'm hoping and I'm praying that. A lot of the things we've been kind of frustrated about these past few weeks is just due to them kind of not opening up the playbook. Maybe they're trying to save some of it for, you know, some of these types of games. I will say, you know, whatever they're saving, I i, I don't think we can save no more. Unfortunately, we got the 49ers this week, and saving that stuff to the playoffs is, is probably not going to cut it. So. Um, we are going to have to play our best game. I, I I don't really have many concerns about Lamar Jackson because I, d- I just feel like he's going to show up for, for this game. He's going to be ready. He's probably going to, you know, have to overcome some things just because, you know, the rest of our team is not going to have a perfect game, but they still just have to play their best game. Um, my number one concern is just going to be the offensive line. They're going to have to figure out a way to scheme up some type of offense that's going to keep them keep Chase Young, keep keep Bosa off of Lamar. Like it's just not gonna work if they're just continuously getting pressure. Like Lamar can do um almost anything, but you know, we don't wanna start the game off and he's under duress. It's just not gonna be a good sign for the rest of the game going forward. That's really my only concern. Um as far as, you know, getting looks downfield is is once again it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna depend on our offensive line. Like if they're not protecting Lamar then this game could go left real quick and it can go left pretty much early on i do think they'll figure out a way i don't think stanley's going to be involved in that in that equation whatsoever i think we i think they are going to end up just having uh, macari out there on the left and we're just going to see what we what we do i don't know if that's going to mean um incorporating extra tight end in there just for extra blocking um but they got two dogs over there it's not just you know one pass pass rusher i mean last week we had to deal with josh allen and that that that's the guy we kind of had to keep an eye on, and he still kind of inflicted some type of you know pass rush even with with that being with that being said. So it, it just has to we we have to figure it out uh, one way or the other. But that would be kind of my biggest concern. I think the run game is going to be key in this game. I don't think it's going to be a, a super. High highlight passing real type Of game on either side I think the, the, the Game is pretty much going to go through the run game As good as the run game goes is, is where It's going to take us like you said with time of Possession that's going to be important Because the less we get to see Christian McCaffrey Line up in that backfield The better um, and that brings me To uh, my second concern uh, But uh, another key to the game Is you know we cannot Have those leaks in a run game we did shore it Up last week we look a lot better in the run game So we got to kind of keep that going um, the pass rush, in, getting, getting Purdy kind of out of the pocket is kind of, you know, not out of the pocket just so he can, you know, wide open. But we need to kind of like just get him under the rush. I think he would fold just like Trevor Lawrence folded last week. It's just a matter of keeping that pressure on him early and often because, like you said, like we were saying earlier, waiting to the second half to get pressure on this team, the game, would, you know, is, is going to be already over. So I think that's really important. I'm not concerned about Matty BK getting pressure. He's still going to get his pressure. He's just going to need help. Like, a part of Matty BK's success early on, a uh, part of his success early on was that we were getting pressure on the outsides as well. And the fact that we're no longer getting pressure on the outsides as well, is kind of like, you know, it, it's kind of making a defensive line a little bit stagnant. So it's definitely going to be important to keep pressure on them. We're going to pick somebody, whether it's Debo, or whether it's Christian Kirk. I'm Christian Kirk. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Um, we have to pick somebody to isolate. I don't know what it's going to be, but, um, we cannot allow them to go crazy on the ground because, you know, some, some, some of these paths may may be passing some things we can live with, but when it's not going to sit well, if they're just gashing us on the ground and just running the clock out and now they're beating us at our own game. So I I think it's, it's going to be highly critical to figure out what we're going to do with Christian McCaffrey as far as in the run game. Um, because if they're running the ball effectively let's just keep it real with 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 debo just playing receiver and they're running the ball respectively we're gonna respect that a lot more than we probably respected it with other teams and they got the threat of debo just being anywhere on the field at any given time yeah everybody's gonna have to play their best game including kyle hamilton who's been playing great he's gonna have to play better (laughs) and that's saying a lot because it ain't really that much he can improve on but he's gonna have to play his best game still so that's, you know, Brandon Stevens. He's going to have to continue to show up like he's been showing up. Marlon Humphrey took another step forward last week. So, you know, he, he had a bounce back game like we talked about. Everybody's just going to, have to play their best game defensively. I'm more so worried, like I said, about stopping his front game. If we can make them one dimensional, I think that's going to be key. Even though they're very effective and efficient passing the ball as well, I think if we can force them to only be able to do that, I think that will be better in our favor favor than them just running all over us and then being able to you know kill us on play action and things like that um so I, I think that's really the key Lamar you know I just hope that he doesn't have to overcome too much I want him to have a dominant game without having to you know make up in uh for, for what we're not doing well and, and um and you know shooting bail for 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 him having to you know make up plays for the with the offensive line is not doing so like i said everybody just have to kind of be on their p's and q's um and even lamar himself you know th- this might be a game where we can't afford the the dumb interception like you know he, he might get one of those every other game or so we we can't afford that in this game like this, this is a team that's going to make you pay for it they're going to capitalize off of that so it, it's, it's kind of tough to say, you know, the keys of the game. I do think this is a winnable game. I do think, you know, we can we can get this done. But, you know, the keys of the game when you get the top three, offensive, defensive, nah, this, the keys of the game, the list is long. <laughs> the list is long for us to get this W in this one. But, you know, we've also, we're have also we also on a win streak. So it's not like, you know, there's a lot to say for that. We're, all, we're also six and one on the road. So the, the 49ers are coming with a lot of, you know, accolades and, you know, they got the star players and things like that, but we got some dogs on our team too. And we, we've been winning, we've been successful on the road as well. So, you know, that, that, that stuff doesn't really mean that much to me, but the best game must be played. It's not a must win game, but we need, but it's definitely a statement game. And I still want uh, Lamar to win the MVP because I'm a, you know, I, I still want him to get that. So it it, it means, a lot to us Ravens fans, obviously, but um, just in terms of Lamar, you you win this Niners game. It's almost like whatever happens after that is like they really have nothing to say. So
1: yeah, um, let me paint this picture, man. This is the first time in NFL history the best teams have played this late in the season. Mm. Like it's crazy. So I want I want to talk. About like how this is, a, these this is a strength versus strength game. Like they're strong offensively, they're strong defensively. We're strong against the pass; they're one of the top passing teams. We're one of the top against the run; they're good against the run. But man, there's hope because this team has a weakness that we can exploit. Dre Greenlaw, linebacker, one of the worst coverage linebackers in the NFL. Strongest to run, terrible against coverage. Um, the 49ers may be missing, uh, what Was it, Hargrave and Eric Armstead mm. on Monday night. Their yeah. backups combined missed five tackles last week and had terrible PFF grades. I mean, like a 20, 23 and 25. Um, Chase Young hasn't been playing as well the past couple weeks as he did when he first came to the Niners. The issues that San Francisco had during the middle of the season defensively were with missed tackles, right? Last week against the Cardinals, they missed 16 tackles against the Cardinals. So we have guys that can make you miss. We have guys that can run through you. We have a quarterback that makes everyone miss. So there's opportunity with Yak running the ball to really attack this team where they really struggle. And that's actually making solid tackles. They're speedy, they're physical, they can cover, but you know, they're they're very they're very sus when it comes to making tackles. So I think the strategy for us offensively, run the ball, get the ball in the guys' hands in space, make these guys miss tackles. Because if the Arizona Cardinals have you missing 16 tackles in a game, imagine what these Ravens are gonna do. So that has to be the strategy offensively. Okay. I feel I feel more comfortable with our offensive line. Knowing that Hargrave and Armstead are out, but you still got Young young and Bosa um, on the edge. What I would like to see that I saw this past week, I love seeing, I love seeing, uh, what's my guy's name? Pat Ricard in the slot, crack back you know, out of the slot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that toss play that we ran early in the year, this would be a great game to use that with Justice Hill with my man Pat Ricard crack back crack blocking off that off that uh, from the slot. I cool. think we have opportunities to really neutralize their pass rushers. Um, it just comes down to Munkin. I think, I hope that we attack these weaknesses they have because they're clear as day. And, you know, the missed tackle issue is pretty big. That's a pretty big thing, missing 16 tackles in a game. I don't think, I as much as we complain about the Ravens defense when they have missed tackles, it's never been that bad. So I think yeah. that's how we attack them. Mm-hmm. Defensively, we have to tackle. <laughs> we, have to tackle. Yeah. we have to tackle because their offense—no yak, wow, no yak. Yeah, yeah. Their offense is predicated on getting these guys in the space and, and making you miss or running through you. Um, that that's the strength of Devo Samuels and Brandon Ayuk can make a guy miss. Um, and then Christian McCaffrey, he can break tackles. He has speed. Um, so we have to be able to tackle, mm-hmm. but. We have to stop the run. I think it starts with stopping the run. I think, Trey, you said it. Like, if you make them a one-dimensional team, I don't think Brock Purdy is going to put up the same numbers if Christian McCaffrey isn't successful and we just sit back there and tee off on him and just cover. So I think if we neutralize the run, if our front four gets pressure on Purdy, we can have a great game defensively. I'm not saying a great game like we're going to shut him out, but... Holding them to 17 or 20 points, I think that's a win. Um, and being able to put up, you know, points offensively, I think that's to be the strategy. So I think we have to we have to come out defensively, we have to be physical, smack them in the mouth, put pressure on with our front four, neutralize Christian McCaffrey. Because this is a team that is very dangerous, but our defense, they They've had this look in their eye. Even when they haven't played good, they've had this look in their eye. They've had this swagger that they believe in what they can do and they think they can stand up with anybody. And I believe that too. Um, So that's what I think. That's the keys to the game offensively. We have have to get guys in space. We have to get the yak. We have to get uh, yards after contact. Um, That's gonna gonna be what it comes down to. We, We can't make mistakes because this team doesn't turn the ball over. They turned the ball. They turned the ball over twelve times this year, which is the second best in the league. So we have to. We have to not lose that turnover battle. Um, so those are the keys to the game. Um, you know, I'm hoping that we come out with a victory. Lamar plays great, um, but that's how we got to attack this team.
0: Yeah, much like uh, what the Cowboys did against the Eagles a couple weeks ago, um, a lot of the takeaways were like physical play. Like they they punched the ball out. Uh, hit guys hard like this is going to be a physical game right the ravens defense i think what we've seen the last few weeks has been extremely physical um the offense is going to match that energy on the other side as well the offense is going to be physical the line's going to have to again it's that it's that bully ball mentality right they're going to have to put they're going to have to show something to that 49er defensive front that they had like are like, we're gonna we're gonna we want this game like we want this game um i feel like roquan I mean, look, I think he's going to have those guys ready. Like, I have no question about the defense. Like, I think we, we saw Kyle Hamilton. The, the, I don't know how this guy may tackle sometimes because he'll just put his hand on some guy's foot and the guy just goes down. Like, he's, Kyle Hamilton just finds a way. Like, he'll be, the guy's in the screen and he's like already being blocked and he'll just put, he'll put a hand on him and the guy just, he's, he's down. Like, I'm just like, I, I don't know how Kyle Hamilton makes these plays sometimes, but I think that's going to be, he needs to be a key player in this game. If Colin Hamilton keep every, keep the the, the wheel routes and all that stuff, uh, any screenplays and stuff and keep that stuff at bay and not allow them to extend the plays doing that kind of stuff, like you said, I think that's going to be paramount to this, for this Ravens defense. Making Brock Purdy, oh, now I got to throw it downfield. You know, now I got to throw it to, if Brandon Stevens and Nyoko, who else do you trust down there? You know, who else is it out there? Outside of outside of Debo and Brandon who else are you going to throw the football to? You know, they've used Kittle every now and then, but not as much as they used in the past. So I'm like, this is going to be a physical game. Who can out-physical the other? Uh, And, yeah, turnover. For the Ravens, I think the mindset says you got to play this game like it's the Steelers game, right? Imagine it's the Steelers. You're battling for the AFC North. You know how those games go. Don't turn the football over. Get takeaways, and we'll see if Tyler Wallace can make a phenomenal play in special teams. Let's see if no. we can get that. we can get that this week. If Tyler Wiles can make a phenomenal play in special teams, not even necessarily return, like get a you know, return one for a touchdown. If he can get the Ravens in just good field position. Yeah. If the Ravens defense can keep the Ravens on the 49ers side of the field most of the game, I like our chances. But the Ravens are gonna have to go 90 yards, 80 yards against that Ravens against that 49ers defense. I don't, I don't know how they're gonna make it down the field that often so i think it's going to be it's definitely gonna be a field it's going to be a uh field position game for sure um and i'm just again i'm i'm hoping the ravens i i, I think Lamar's going to be lamar and roquan and that defense is going to be really good the question is can likely have another game like he had last week can is Zay is playing can he fall out and same thing with odell can we get more out of odell this week that's going to be key i think in this game so all right. Uh, before we get out of here, what's the scores? What you guys got? It's gonna be a tough one to pick. It's gonna be a tough.
2: One. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. I think um, we plan on Christmas night. I'm gonna say we score twenty five okay. to twenty four. I think it's a okay. close game. I think we somehow pull it out at the end, get the dub, and we get to watch national media for the rest of the week while enjoying our our Christmas. So,
0: yeah. I'll I'll
2: say say 25-24. We get the dub.
0: You are on mute, Travis?
2: Yeah, you muted.
1: (laughs) I don't know how it just keeps happening. Um, (laughs) I think this game goes down to the wire. Uh, I think we're going to see the Lamar moment for the MVP this game. Back and forth, physical game. <laughs> Lamar throws a game winning touchdown pass to Odell with 45 seconds left, 24-20. 24-20. Okay.
0: Because the 49 is on the year average 30 points a game. So they holding under 30. Yeah, I mean that's most teams, right? If you can hold them under 30, you can beat them. So yeah, that's yeah. going to be key for that this game. So uh, I'm gonna say twenty-eight, ers mm. I think the Ravens come close, but I think that uh, I think what's gonna what, what's badly is what's gonna happen is that they're gonna do the Ravens are gonna score a touchdown, but there's gonna be too much time left on the clock. Forty-four, and as to go down the field, it's gonna be. Bad coaching decision by harbaugh and again not clock management's going to be poor like y'all should have left a little bit less time and the 49 is going to get down the field and score a touchdown and it will be a close game the ravens held tight but i just i just feel like that's going to happen. so yeah i said 28 26 49 so hopefully i'm wrong i hope i can come on here i'm wrong but um yeah so uh yeah, this will be the last one until you know after christmas so everyone have a happy holidays merry christmas don't drink too much eggnog i uh, <laughs> hope you didn't go into debt spending christmas gifts um you know you know especially you two you know you guys you know you know it's newly married and one getting married so you know these christmas gifts this year it's gonna be ex- expectations are high Her <laughs> birthday is the day
2: our birthday is the day after christmas Oh, oh man.
1: man,
0: you just get no no break.
1: Hey no man, break. I feel for you, bro.
2: Yeah, you I do. That's that's, for that's, me. Rush, bro. Play for me, that's bro.
1: Man.
0: All right. Well, hopefully Santa Claus puts a little bit extra bills in your you know, your stocking. <laughs> 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 a
1: little extra bills
0: in your little extra bills in that paycheck right. this, this 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 Christmas season. everybody have a happy holidays, Merry Christmas. And hopefully the Ravens pull this one out and you know, Lamar would go fifteen. If he wins this one, he'll be fifteen and four in primetime games in his career.
2: Nice. And he'd be twenty and one against the NFC.
0: Yeah. That that that's remarkable. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Super
2: crazy. And I think
0: Corey said that every time the Ravens have played the 49ers, we the last few times we played them, they've been on a roll like this, and the Ravens have stopped been, Yeah. So
1: let's hopefully keep that trend up.
0: Let's He's keep that going. trend up. So, thank you guys for watching. And we'll catch you guys uh, next week.
1: Peace. Peace. Merry Christmas. Peace.